from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that rides the rails of history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the birth of Six Flags over Texas, including how it got its name and why it became a model for the many regional theme parks to come. The day was August 1st, 1961. The original Six Flags theme park had its soft opening in Arlington, Texas. At the time, it was the first and only theme park in the state, a claim to fame that helped put Arlington on the map as more than just a waypoint between Fort Worth and Dallas. The park's grand opening was held four days later on August 5th, and its entire first season lasted just 45 days. During that brief span, however, more than 500,000 guests visited the park, ensuring that the first six flags would not be the last. The original park was the brainchild of Texas oil man and real estate developer Angus Wynn Jr. After paying a visit to Disneyland in 1959, Wynn was inspired to create his own park closer to home. He kept his ambitions in check, though, recognizing that unlike Disney, he didn't have a steady stream of films and TV shows to attract a national audience. Instead, Wynne would strive to create a park primarily for the people of Texas. This concept would later become known as a regional or seasonal theme park. Such parks cater to a mostly local audience and operate on a seasonal basis, daily during the summer, on weekends during the spring and fall, and not at all during the winter. Seasonal parks tend to be more modest in scope compared to their year-round cousins and typically have a smaller budget to match. For instance, Disneyland had cost about $17 million to build in the mid-1950s, whereas Wynn only spent $10 million on the first six flags. 
He partnered with the Great Southwest Corporation to secure funding for the project, and construction began in 1960. The park was set to be built on a 105-acre vacant lot in Arlington, though the parcel would later be expanded to 212 acres. Most Six Flags parks today would be considered amusement parks rather than theme parks. Although their various roller coasters and flat rides may have themes of their own, the parks themselves have a largely generic, carnival-like atmosphere and don't feature the level of immersion that characterizes a true theme park. However, the original Six Flags was a different story. It was themed to the history of Texas and featured six distinct lands, one for each of the six sovereign nations that had laid claim to Texas prior to it becoming a state. The countries in question were Spain, France, Mexico, the Confederacy, Texas, which was its own country for a hot minute, and lastly, the United States. The park's name comes from the six flags of those countries which were flown above the park during its early years of operation. At first, Wynne considered calling the park Texas under six flags, but after deciding that Texas should never be under anything, he settled on Six Flags Over Texas instead. Later, after more parks had been built, the name was shortened to just Six Flags, and the flags of the different nations were replaced with non-specific flags of solid colors. A smart move, considering one of the originals was the Confederate flag. The original park's rides and attractions were split between its six themed areas and were meant to represent the various cultures that had once lived there, with cowboys, Native Americans, pirates, and southern bells being especially well accounted for. In another break from the Six Flags we know today, the original park wasn't dominated by roller coasters and other thrill rides. Instead, it offered a more diverse slate of attractions many of which took inspiration from those found at Disneyland. For example, there was LaSalle's Riverboat Adventure, similar to Jungle Cruise, the Happy Motoring Freeway, a take on Disney's Autopia, and the Six Flags Railroad, which circled the perimeter of the park, just like at Disneyland. That said, Six Flags Over Texas did distinguish itself in the coming years, eventually adding the first modern log flume ride, as well as the first mine train ride. The park was also a pioneer when it came to pricing. At the time of its opening, most amusement parks and theme parks, Disneyland included, used an a la carte pricing system. Guests had to pay an admission fee to enter the park and then had to buy individual tickets for whichever rides they wanted to go on. Six Flags Over Texas did away with that model in favor of an all-inclusive price. During its opening year, a day at the park would cost visitors just $2.75 for an adult ticket and $2.25 for a child's ticket. A real bargain, considering you could ride any attraction as much as you wanted. Angus Wynne Jr. had envisioned Six Flags as a short-term investment, a way to put some vacant land to use for a few years before inevitably turning it into an industrial complex. He thought better of that strategy, however, after making back his personal investment of $3.5 million within 18 months of the park's opening. Six Flags was allowed to stay put from then on and quickly became the number one for-profit tourist attraction in the entire state of Texas. It welcomed 17.5 million visitors in its first decade and now draws an average of more than 3 million people each year. 
The majority of its early attractions have long since been cleared away in favor of the company's signature thrill rides, though old-school fans will be happy to hear that the park's original steam engine is still chugging along. Angus Wynn never demolished Six Flags as he had planned to, but in 1969 he did sell his stake in it. The company was then expanded, rebranded, and resold several times in the decades that followed. And while its status as a theme park is up for debate, it's nonetheless considered the largest regional theme park company in the world, with more than 25 parks throughout North America. None of those locations are national draws in themselves, but when taken together, the Six Flags Empire now spans three different countries, the US, Mexico, and Canada. That's an impressive international footprint, given the park's humble beginnings. Though, of course, Disney still has it beat on that count as well. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way by writing to this day at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.